Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Your whole life can change in an instant. About 50 million adults in the United States have chronic pain. And because of a car accident, Robbie is one of them. In their marriage vows, Robbie and Sammy promise to stand by one another and provide strength when needed. And lately, they've been facing some of their biggest challenges. Join them as they share the ups and downs of living with chronic pain. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain. We're your hosts, I'm Sammy. And I'm Robbie. And we are finally going to do the second part of our mental health episode that we put out several weeks ago. Robbie is here. Yes, I am. In person. So we're able to record it. Been producing a documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's been a little busy. So we're able to squeeze this in before he goes. I'm leaving again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So literally squeezing it in. We're recording this and then I will be leaving it. Right tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Yep, tomorrow morning. Yep. So. so in the first part of this episode, I talked about what it was like for me when he was really struggling, what it was like working in the retail pharmacy, mental health things, going through that, how I was feeling. So I know we've spent a lot of time talking about how you feel about everything. Right. Because you've had a lot of things going on. But there's some things that we haven't addressed that you said you'd be willing to talk about now Yeah. on the podcast. So I thought it would be important to share, especially because we're big advocates for mental health and taking care of yourself and being honest Yes. about what's going on. Yes. Okay. So, so I wanted to dive into some of your past mental health struggles. So this will be things before. Before my accident. Before the accident. Way back when. Way back in my other life. <laughs> the pri- prior life to that. My accident. other other life. Yeah, before I even knew you. Yes. So to do a quick intro, Robbie's dad died. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this. So my dad died in 2006. I think we've talked about it a couple of times. In he, a car accident. In a car. Well, he was on a motorcycle, a motorcycle. accident. Yeah, sorry. He was killed by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. The guy was high on meth, cocaine, um... 
my dad was with his motorcycle group, mm-hmm. gang, group, their club, I would say. Mm-hmm. They were going, uh, if you were on a two-way, two-lane highway road, they were in the right lane, he was coming in the left lane. Mm-hmm. He ended up crossing over the lane, clipping a couple bikes and hitting my dad and his girlfriend head on. Mm-hmm. And he drug my dad, my dad's girlfriend, and the motorcycle under his car for a hundred feet. That's crazy. Before he even realized he hit anybody and before he stopped. That's terrible. My dad was killed instantly Mm -hmm. at the scene. When I got there, we had friends being airlifted, two helicopters Mm -hmm. where they were airlifted to a local hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, my dad's friend Mike was looking for his leg. That's insane. Because when the guy clipped him on his motorcycle, he cut off his leg mm-hmm. in the process. So he was literally on the side of the road looking for his leg mm-hmm. and screaming for it. So. That's horrific. And then uh, it it was a, it's a wild ride. I had to go and identify the body mm-hmm. after that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it was a big, big ordeal. Yeah. It was a very big sadness for the family. And you're very, very close to your dad. Yeah. My dad was my best friend. Mm-hmm. He supported me through thick and thin. And there were a lot of thin moments in my life where mm-hmm. it was touch and go. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he didn't drop me. I'm glad he didn't say, you know, we can do this a different way. So mm-hmm. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yeah. So it was a major shell shock after he died. It was like losing. It was like losing your leg. Mm-hmm. Like mean, a losing a limb. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My heart was broken. I was so depressed. Like, literally, you could brush by me and I would get a bruise. Like, mm-hmm. literally, you could just touch me mm-hmm. and I would bruise very easily. And uh, my family and I were not doing well. There was a lot of resentment that came out of this ordeal. A lot different than when my mother passed away. My mm-hmm. mother died when I was 15 of cancer. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I was so close with my father. Because he kind of was there to pick up all the pieces. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to go through. Yeah. And it still affects me to this day. I'm not close to people. I don't trust people. Mm-hmm. Literally, you could do one thing to me and it would be the minor thing and I would drop you like a bad habit. That's so true. And I do it because that's my defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, most people would be like, oh, it's not that deep. But to me, you get half a chance. Mm-hmm. And if you fuck that up, you're gone. Right. My dad was a successful doctor. He was mm-hmm. an osteopathic physician. Uh, he wrote uh, Healing from Within, Be Still and Know. There's mm-hmm. four editions, so you can go pick that up on Amazon. <laughs> plug. The way to plug that in. But we'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah, and we've talked about the book before. And we've read the book on the show. Yeah. 
So go pick that up. Um, you know, parents' worst fears is having a kid die. Mm -hmm. People say you should never outlive your parents, but that's exactly what I've done. I always tell Sammy, I'm no, not. No, they say parents should not outlive, outlive kids. You're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I always tell Sammy, I'm not going to live long. Mm -hmm. I if I live till fifty, that'll be amazing to me. Mm -hmm. Sammy says I'm crazy, but I call it intuition. I think it's pessimism. Or pessimism. I remember a story you told me about your dad and what he had said to you. Why don't you share that story? I remember you telling me a story that your dad had a premonition because he was very. My dad was a spiritual person. Yes. Very mm -hmm. spiritual. He had a successful practice. He was an osteopathic physician. Mm -hmm. People would literally come all over the world to see him, mm -hmm. to heal, for them to heal him. Mm -hmm. Because we've always said like osteopaths do whole body healing. Yes. And then some of them can tap even into the like. The spiritual realm. Exactly. Because we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing you need to get, not preaching, but that's one thing you need to understand is we're not meant to be here forever mm -hmm. right and as much as that scares even me yes it's the truth that mm -hmm. we're spiritual beings having a physical experience and because your dad was so in tune with his beliefs and you know i don't even know how you want to describe yeah, it keep but, going you're doing great but because he was so in tune with it he had a premonition that you were going to die young Yes. And then he said he prayed upon it. Yes. And basically made it so it would not come to pass. Right. And there's two things that I find fascinating that happened after that. Like what? Number one is that on the day of the motorcycle wreck, you were supposed to go. Yes. And you didn't. I was actually, the day that my dad was went on his ride, I was actually at Purdue the night before. Mm-hmm. And I was drinking with my sisters and a couple friends, and I was wasted. Mm -hmm. And I called him and I told him, look, I can't go. I'm drinking. Mm -hmm. And he said, I love you. Be safe. I'll see you tomorrow. And that's how his girlfriend, Maria, got to be on the bike mm -hmm. with him. And I do carry some guilt around about that, that, you know. It's like survivor's guilt. You know, Maria, my dad's girlfriend, uh, her husband, she was divorced. Well, actually, she wasn't divorced. Her husband died of cancer. Mm -hmm. That's why she was single. Mm -hmm. And then when she had seven children, mm -hmm. and I always liked Maria. Mm -hmm. She, I remember the first time I met Maria, I applied for a salesman position at Bill S's Chevrolet and they turned me down. Mm -hmm. And I remember going home and being so upset and complaining to my dad mm -hmm. about it. And the first time I met Maria was there and she was just so nice. Aww. And she was like, it's okay. I have nothing but good things. I didn't know Maria very well. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get, to, I thought I had the time to get to know her more. Mm -hmm. But I have nothing but good things to say about her. She was so sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, 
she was just happy-go-lucky. Hi, Robbie. How you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, how are things? How's school going? All of that. Mm -hmm. And she was just so nice. She's She was great. And I know her family blamed my dad yeah. for the accident, but I can understand why. Mm-hmm. Because they were abandoned too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that, she was it for them. Right. And then when she was on the bike and it was just an easy thing to do was to blame my dad. Right. But hindsight is always twenty twenty. He had, it wasn't his fault. No. Mm-mm. And I remember going to Maria's funeral and it, you know, if you walk into a party, you've seen those scenes in movies where the records just skips or it stops, scratches. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Everybody looked at us like, I can't believe you're even fucking here. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't go for them. I went to pay my respects to Maria. Right. And uh, to make sure she rested in peace. Mm -hmm. And that's why I went. Mm -hmm. And if I could, I would take that back. I really wish I wouldn't have been partying that night. I probably should have stayed home. Mm -hmm. If I I could redo it, I would definitely go back in time and do that over. Knowing. Well, knowing what you know now. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I've played this over and over again in my head that if I would have been on the bike, maybe Maria would have been able to live mm-hmm. and her family would have been okay. But, but I know Maria wouldn't want me to live like that. Mm-mm. She was too nice. And I just, I want to, I want to say to Maria's family, I hope you guys have found peace. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry the way things happen. I mean, this was big. It was all over the news and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, no, there was no real winners in that situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope, I hope, I hope their family's doing great. I hope they were able to find the peace. I know my family have not has not. We are still affected by my dad's passing to this Mm -hmm. day and we will always be affected there is no way we can put humpty dumpty back together again Mm -hmm. too many things have happened too many things have been said too many things have been done to do that yeah and i have came to terms with that Mm -hmm. that they're in my past and i'm looking for my future i think a lot of my Sisters would have held me back, and I think I've outshined them mm-hmm. in life already. Mm-hmm. I think they would have just drug me down. Yeah. I think, if you've ever heard, uh, watched Better Call Saul, I'm rewatching yes, this. we're watching that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, his brother and the dynamic that they, they had, that's what I felt like I had with my sisters. They didn't really care for me. They just tolerated me and they always they wouldn't want to give me those opportunities they would want to see me fail it's and chuck always had that like, vibe where he made it clear that he was better than yes. jimmy 
And yes. Jimmy internalized that, you know. And then that's how Saul Goodman mm-hmm. came into play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that resonated with me very much so mm-hmm. because that's the way I kind of feel. Yeah. I have that relationship with a lot of my family. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I wouldn't hang up on them if they called me. But they know how to get hold of me. I mean, I'm not... I uh, For a long time, I chased after people. I mean, really chased after people that didn't want to be around me. I wanted them back in my life. I would want to try to... I would show up places they might be mm-hmm. just to kind of bump into them sporadically, you know. And when I've gotten older, I've realized I'm done chasing after people. Mm-hmm. If you don't like me for who I am or what I have to offer, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to let you take my inner peace. Mm-hmm. My dad always used to say, remember who you are and what you stand for. And uh, that resonates in me too, that for a long time I was competing for people's approval. I, mm-hmm. It was like Chuck and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. He was always wanted that reassurement or affirmation from him. Mm-hmm. And finally you just get tired and say, you know what, fuck all that noise. But if people meet me and they kind of think I'm a prick because I'm very outspoken. I do mm-hmm. not pull my punches. If I say, if I say something, I mean it. And I feel like people can't handle that, especially in today's society. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not even just trying to be a societal thing. I'm just saying I'm very blunt and honest mm-hmm. and people can't stomach that. But I do that because I have not, I don't have the time to fuck around. Mm-hmm. Because for a long time, I did. I didn't know where I was going. I was lost. When I um, when I lost my dad, it affected me. Mm-hmm. I I know this is where you want to go with this. If you want to talk about it, um, I tried to commit suicide once a long mm-hmm. time ago. And this is the second thing. When uh, my dad died. We, uh, I pulled into his ex, our old house, and I put a tube in my tailpipe, and mm-hmm. I put a hose into my window and covered it up, mm-hmm. and I turned on my car, mm-hmm. and I was just going to go to sleep and die in my driveway. Mm-hmm. But my dad's neighbors to the left of us came out, and the mm-hmm. funny thing is, they were both nurses. It's a thing. And they saw what I was doing, mm-hmm. and they talked to me. And while they were they were trying to keep me awake, yeah, because they got a because you got all that carbon monoxide now, right? And they were trying to get me out of the car, and I was like, no, I'm not coming out. They could still talk to me through my window because you know, yeah, you, you had the pipe, but it mm-hmm. couldn't close all the way. But I had a towel in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were talking to me, and while they were talking to me, they called the ambulance. Mm-hmm. And it probably took them 20 minutes, but it felt like instantaneously that they were there. Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't for my dad's neighbors, I probably, I would have died in Mm -hmm. my, in my, uh, driveway. Mm 
Right. And I had notes for all my brothers and sisters, letting them know what I uh, thought or things we left unsaid that should have been said. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it was a, it was a hard time in my life. And I just didn't, I just literally couldn't go on anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, I'm grateful for them for giving me a renewed sense on life. Mm -hmm. Second chance, if you will. Another thing is I I think about it and I wish sometimes I would have went out. Mm -hmm. It just... uh, that was an that was an interesting time. We uh I lost so many people. It's so quick. People I thought that would be there for me forever. Mm-hmm. People that said they would be there for me no matter what, thick and thin. Mhm. And then when things got thin, they jumped ship. Yep. Even when I tried to reach out to them and say, "Hey, let's let's fix this." They still jumped ship. Mhm. So after that, I got some help, got a little stronger, Mm -hmm. things got built back up. I ended up going to LA after that, not too long after that. Mm -hmm. It's been so long ago, I have to actually think about it because it's like another life. Yeah. So many things, so many other things have happened to me besides this. I mean, you would think that was my bottom, like that was me hitting bottom, but more things happened to me. And then it took me a while to rebuild, Mm -hmm. to get things going again. It just, life is unfair. Life is not meant to be easy. Mm -hmm. In my thought, human life is hell. Mm -hmm. This has to be. Dying, I don't know if you guys listen to Billy Carson for forbidden knowledge, but when he talks, he says, when you die, that's when you actually start to live. Mm -hmm. And I have other thoughts on that, but I'm not going to go into that. This is not that kind of show. Mm -hmm. But things have to be different. Because, again, we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. Mm-hmm. Well, the way it's supposed to happen is when we die, we're supposed to go back to source. I, uh, I've seen my mother pass away from cancer. That mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger, going to her hospital room and having, she had a tube in her nose, down her, into her lungs. Mm-hmm. And in the back, it was like these tubes of snot. Ugh. Yeah. And that forever will stick with me. Yeah, to keep our lungs clear. clear. Yeah. And it was just like green bile. I was like, oh, like all the tar and everything. Because she was a heavy smoker. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. And uh, that forever will stick with me walking in there. That sucks, too. And I remember when my mother died, all my family was around, and she reached up 
before she died with her last breath, she reached up to my brother and said she loved him, mm-hmm. kissed him, laid back down and died. Mm-hmm. And I always remember being like, damn, I wish that was me. I bet everybody felt that way. And I, I think so too. But I didn't actually know my mother. Like, I, my mom has been gone for so long that she feels like a distant dream. Mm-hmm. And people say, I don't know, you've lost your dad, but mm-hmm. I feel the more time goes on, you you kind of forget what they sound like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking, oh my goodness, you start thinking about it, but it's a thing. You do, Not maybe not everything, mm-hmm. but you do forget what they sound like or what they would be like. Mm-hmm. And... My mom has been gone for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like a distant memory. Mm-hmm. And then my f- whole family dynamic not being... Not... It just didn't end well. And as much as I would like for everybody to put their differences aside, they're not going to have, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that sucks because I know if my parents were around, they wouldn't want us living like this. Right. But that this is reality. This is the reality we live in. We are not adult enough to put our differences aside. Mm-hmm. And that's the fact is there's too much resentment. And... That's just the world we live in. Mm-hmm. So this has been a kind of heavy episode. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I knew it was going to be. This is kind of a a lot, a Debbie Downer. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important because there are other people out there who are where you were and can't see the, the light. light at the end of the tunnel. No, and to know, okay. You know, he he did it, so maybe I can too. And the important thing is that whether you wanted to or not, you did get help. Yeah. In a hospital. So it, it wasn't my choice. I was kind of forced upon. That me, happens sometimes. Yeah. It took me a long. I was. I was institutionalized for a minute, but mm-hmm. I could have gotten out a lot sooner. But I ran my mouth. Imagine and, that. And they literally. Pump you up full of, on the movies when you fuck up in there. They pump you full of drugs, and they definitely will do that. Mm-hmm. They will make sure you're docile, like you're drooling outside of your mouth. Mm, that's kind of terrible, though. But that's exactly way the way they deal with things. I know when I was doing my rotation and we were doing the the psych rotation. Did they make you go to like a group therapy thing? Because I know that was a big thing. We got to sit in on sometimes when we did group therapy. You have one-on-one therapy. Mm -hmm. You have time to reflect, like quiet hours. Mm -hmm. And then you have free time in there where you watch TV or play games or whatnot. It's kind of like a stress center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but... They have psychiatric doctors in there, and mm-hmm. it, once you, if you're in there, they you, they're not just gonna let you leave until they know you're better. Right. Mm-hmm. 
they want to make sure you're okay. And so it took it took a while for me to actually be released because I just wouldn't stop running my mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it almost feels like another life. Yeah, I can imagine at this point. I mean, I guess the thing in life you got to always look forward because I've I've spent a lot of time in my life looking backwards and being like, what if I could have done this? What if I could have done that? What if I could have said this? Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing people have choices. Mm-hmm. You can't make up somebody's mind to have them hang out with you. You can't hang mm-hmm. out. You can't make some up somebody's mind to be with you or, you know. Mm-hmm. And once you come to realizing that, it's easier to move on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do think back and I still miss these people. Right. But it's not as heavy as it was on my heart. Like I was carrying it around for years. Like it, there was a part of me that I just couldn't even talk about because it, my heart would break and then shatter. And I know you just like suppressed a lot of feelings for a while and then you had the car accident. Yeah, and like it kind of like jostled it loose. I don't know. When I went through my car accident, it was like starting all over again. Mm-hmm. I went through every emotion I had back then because it, I wouldn't let it. Back then, I was, I had so much going on and I was trying to keep everything balanced that I didn't let it hit me. Mm-hmm. And then when I had my car accident and my surgeries and being sedated, mm-hmm. it just brought it out. I mean, I was so heartbroken. I remember after my first neck surgery that it just, I started drinking a lot back Mm then. Her and I had a, she was, she actually gave me an ultimatum. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what you said, but she, she was like, if you keep doing this, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. And I stopped. Well, cause I, I told you, if you don't care about yourself, then why would I? Right. That's not fair. So, I'd literally, she'd be, she'd be at work by the time she got home from work, I'd be drunk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was just, my accident jostled a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, there is, there goes the dog. There is hope for people. Mm-hmm. And if you are, I, I can't say life gets better. I can just say stick with it. Mm-hmm. Because every situation is different. And you never know what's to come, you know? Yeah. And I know some people are thinking this is the worst place I can ever be. Mm-hmm. And I've been in those situations many and many a times. And I can just say keep going and mm-hmm. find the help. Find somebody to talk to. I mean, some sometimes that's not even it. Sometimes it's a situational thing where you need your situation to change, and talking to somebody is not going to help that. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe having somebody there to listen to, maybe, but sometimes that doesn't even help. You need things to change. You need things to be different, mm-hmm. and that's always a tricky situation because mm-hmm. I've been in those situations too, where you're paying five hundred bucks for a single room. A closet. A closet, like basically. Like Harry Potter. And uh, 
you're trying to do this and do that and trying to you're working mm -hmm. 80 hours a week and trying to add a second job i've been there mm -hmm. and it's not that's why i say life has to be hell mm -hmm. because i guess this is a test it the matrix tests tests us to get all of our responses mm -hmm. and so and you know when you're talking about like maybe it helps to talk to somebody i think sometimes too when you're in that much pain you forget that there. are you mentioned specifically like you found out who your two friends or family members were right uh -huh. that was a struggle but there are always those people around that truly do want the best for you and are there to support you, but you can't always see it. Right. So sometimes you really need to listen to your, it doesn't have to be family, friends, whatever. Someone who's saying to you, like, I'm, I'm here. Like you need something call and you have to just be willing to be vulnerable sometimes and do it and call and connect with that person because they, they really mean it when they're, they don't want to see you dead tomorrow because you didn't want to talk to them. They really want to support you and try and help you. Family doesn't always need to be blood. Because mm -hmm. I have friends that I consider better than family. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, I know my family is, we're outdated. That's, that's AOL. We're in the, Ew. we're in the Google generation. Mm -hmm. And so that is, to put it lightly, to put in terms that people mm -hmm. can understand. So, if you are in these situations, keep your head on straight. Take a deep breath and know things will get better. Mm -hmm. And if you need anything, please reach out. Please reach out to us to the show. Mm -hmm. we, we will help you get the help you need. Mm -hmm. Find a counselor. Yeah, therapy is always good. I can't, we can't do much about your situation, mm -hmm. but we can give you suggestions. I don't know, sometimes suggestions don't help, but we can try. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much. I think that's kind of sums it up. Yeah. That's pretty much it yeah, for this episode. Yeah, we kind of covered everything. And I mean, like, um, you know, and just. Just last thoughts, you know, kind of adding to the general overall discussion we've had, like with your dad and everything. So one of the things that's really hard, I think, when you lose a lot of people, whether it's just friends or death, you know, like you can't be friends or you can't be around your family because of something or it's a true death. But either way, it still feels like a, tr a loss. Right. You know, yeah. you're going through that with. Um, I just lost a friend mm -hmm. uh, last week. Yeah. Um, Not death-wise. De it's kind of like he died. But it feels like a death. Right. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And just finding your way to navigate that and however you can get through it. So I was just thinking, like, back to your dad and the whole, like, spirituality thing. You know, everybody believes what they believe. Right. And it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter. Right thing you know from straight from the bible or like his dad who was 
it was so different. Like he had a lot of like Native American influences. Right. And his beliefs. And I find it fascinating. It's something I didn't really understand. But when you tell me stories like, you know, he prayed upon it, he thought you were going to die young. And then two things happened. Well, three things, because then you got another car accident. Yeah. Before this, it's not, it didn't mess you up the same way. I mean, you broke some ribs, but you you never had any issues from that when I met you. Right. But, you know, and the fact that he said, I prayed upon it. And then like all these things happened to you where you're like, you, you really are like a cat at this point in time. Yeah. With the nine lives. It, it just makes you think about those sort of things and like what's really waiting for us and who's looking out for us. And it kind of gives you a comfort, at least for me, hearing those stories about your dad, you know, Mm -hmm. it provides that sort of comfort and then you can start to look for your own signs. Right. Whatever it is that you believe. Like, I know, like if I'm feeling really stressed out, I'll tend to see the number 717 a lot. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, if I'm feeling like really, it just, it's like in the morning, at night, it doesn't matter, weekend, Whatever, I'll just look and it's seven seventeen, and I'm just like, okay, and it's what my dad's that? birthday. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So it always makes me think of him and then kind of refocus. Even like, like you know, at work, like um, when we do calls and we finish calls, then there's like a little timer on there. Uh-huh. Uh, when you're doing like your after work, so you can kind of see how long you've been doing it. Uh, that'll happen too. Like the phone call was seven minutes and 17 seconds. The, wow, that's You know, cool. like it's stuff like that. And you just like... It sounds crazy, but, you know, the more you kind of let yourself lean into that sort of belief and comfort, I think it really does help. There's no such thing as coincidences in life. I'm a firm believer in that. I mean, I don't know how I felt honestly about it before, but again, like I said, I met you and then you tell me these stories about your dad and I'm just like, okay. There's no such thing as coincidence. Mm -hmm. Things are going to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I get it. But, you know, just find whatever you can that will make you have that peace. You're right. Whatever it is. And even, you know, for me, finding songs that I can relate to, whether they're happy, not happy, you know, they can be depressing. You can sit and cry and listen to them. But if that makes you feel better, do that. Yeah. Watching a sad movie. I like two weeks notice. (laughs) (laughs) That was Robbie's go-to movie after his dad died. And we... normally turn it on around October 1st. I know two weeks notice is going to come on and got Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock and yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just a a default comfort. I have no idea why, but I love that movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will watch it as many times as you want to. I've I've watched it a million times. Yeah. I used to just watch it on repeat. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what, if it seems silly, it's fine because it's your thing and it makes you feel better. And if it brings you comfort, then that's that's what you should do. If you want to watch Scream 10,000 times because that day it's making you feel better and reminding you of your mom, that's fine. It's weird. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> because it's your thing, you know? And that's all I'm trying to say. Like, just finding those things that bring you that peace. You'll never maybe get it fully, but if you can at least find comfort to get through the day. You know, you got through today, and you can get through tomorrow, and then the next day. Do it minute by minute. If you have to. Mm -hmm. Some days, that's how it goes. Yeah. It's it's hard. And one last thing before we go. Remember who you are and what you stand for. Mm Mm-hmm. It's good advice. And on a happier note, we are going to be (laughs) 
at Spooky Empire, Limitless Broadcasting, where he's going to have a booth at Limit or Spooky Empire in Orlando. May. May 19th through the 21st. So it's coming up. So if you guys are checking out Spooky Empire in Orlando, mm-hmm. come stop by the booth, say hi, yes. get a photo. Mm-hmm. We're handing out bags and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Come and help support the network. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. So we have a lot of things in the works. Robbie is a busy, busy, busy person. Yeah, when I get back from Indiana, I will be getting ready for the booth. Mm-hmm. We're going to be selling mystery boxes. We have our shirt lines. Mm-hmm. We're selling... Um, we're going to have a 17 or a seven foot skeleton at our booth. Yes. So look for the big skeleton with the scream, uh, balloon on it. Mm-hmm. And that will be us. Mm-hmm. But thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. We, yep. pre- we appreciate all the support for the show. Mm-hmm. We thoroughly enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. We are here for you guys. I know living with chronic pain sucks. Yeah. It sucks the life out of you. Mm-hmm. And we're all in this together. Yep. So, mm-hmm. until next time, we'll see you in the next episode. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain with Robbie and Sammy. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.